0: Awesome. Hey, uh, I'm going to get started because we'll probably go long. That's okay. Um, How are you guys feeling today? Good? Good? Awesome. Um, We're going to be talking about something that some of you guys might have issues with. And um, my prayer and my hope is that you guys wouldn't have issues with me. But ultimately, man, if you have issues with what I'm about to say, I pray that it's with the Word of God because that's where I'm going to be Today. And so, I, um, my uh, heart aches for this generation, and, and I know you, probably, you guys probably hear that a lot, like, don't pity us, don't, don't think, you know, look down on us by saying that, but the truth is, is that you guys have unique challenges, okay, and you're surrounded by unique temptations, and there are things in your world that end up distracting you in a way that's unique in history, And so for us, as we come together, as we open God's word, and for those of you that maybe don't even believe what I'm saying right now, I want you to know that over the course of time, we see sin, specifically sexual sin, rearing its consequences in our lives. And psychologists see it philosophers see it as an issue the common person whether they're christian or not sees the effects of what the bible calls sexual sin and so that's why there's all these pushes to cancel pornography and these pushes against the consequences and against sexual sin as a result can i just tell you why is it that when the world says these things, we accept it? But when the Bible talks about these things, we have issues with it. Man, for most of us in this room, this majority of us, statistically speaking, struggle with an addiction to pornography, both guys and girls. Guys, it's, a, it's around 80%. Girls, it's less than that, far less. But what we need to understand is that this is a problem across the board. 80% of young men. And we know that the negative effects of it, right? I mean, we understand and our culture has actually started to say like, yeah, this isn't very good for young people. It really is not good for their psychology, for their brains, for their minds. There are natural consequences to our sin. We're going to talk about that in a few moments. But more than the natural consequences for our sin, there are spiritual consequences. Um, I want to tell a little story. I was dating a girl for six years when I was in high school started dating her when I was 15 years old, and I ended it when I was 21 years old. So, from the time you're 15 to the time you're 21, a lot of life takes place, and a lot of changes take place. And I want to just clear some of the air. We fell into sexual sin over and over and over and over again. And it wasn't just her fault. It was my fault as well. We both took responsibility for the things that we did and fell into. We both professed to believe in Jesus Christ. I was a worship leader for all those years. I led worship up on stage and um, I was singing these songs about loving the Lord and pursuing the Lord and worshiping him. Yet, as I headed off the stage and lived my life, I fell into sexual sin with this person time and time again. And uh, let me just tell you, you don't... Need to always know the Bible in order to understand that sin has natural consequences, it was rough. It was rough. Some of you guys that don't know the Lord, it's in a different category for you. You don't understand. It's like, well, why should I care whether or not I am sleeping with my boyfriend and girlfriend? Why should I care about these things? My heart and my hope is that throughout this week, as you come to know the Lord and that God works in your heart, you begin to realize there's actually a very specific reason why we are to care about these things. It's because God has commanded it and because God is good and because God has sent his son on our behalf And all those sins that we profess not to care about were actually nailed to a cross. And Jesus Christ took my place. And so in thankfulness, I'm to live for him. And my heart is that you'd understand that. But I know that not everyone is at the same place. But for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we know... The struggle of sin. We know the weight of it. We know the burden that it places upon our minds and our hearts. We know that every time that we have a bad night, and that that leads to a bad week or a bad month, and a cycle, that we are miserable. That we... Beat ourselves up and shame and guilt infest our minds, and we're thinking about all the ways in which we messed up. And thus starts the cycle of Satan tempting us with something us believing the lie that it's better than God, falling into temptation, and then after falling into temptation, God taking that shame, throwing it in your face and saying, "Look at how bad you are. Look at what you messed how you messed up." And then in our shame and our guilt, we use the thing that is that is prohibited, the thing that we're not supposed to use to cope with our shame and our guilt, and then the cycle just continues and it just you see the manipulation that the enemy has in our lives as young people do you see that I want us to know two things that sexual purity is a matter of the heart and it's a matter of wisdom it's a matter of the heart and it's a matter of wisdom book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Before I get into Psalms 119, I want to talk about that. book of Proverbs talks about, can a young man hold a fire near his chest and not be burned? And the problem with us is we, as young people, lack wisdom in many ways. And one of those ways in which we lack wisdom is with social media and with the amount of times we spend on our phones. If we eradicated our phones, got rid of them, I'd ask the question, man, would some of us still be struggling with the struggles that we have right now? And the truth is, is yes, we would. Why? Because we are sinful in nature, and we are, it's not just objects and temptations that are the issue. The issue is actually in our heart. But I would say this, That without wisdom, we're hopeless to actually fight our sin. Without wisdom, we actually don't have anything to offer when it comes to fighting against our sexual sin. And the answer to that question, can a man hold fire to his chest and not be burned? The answer is no. How can we spend the amount of time on our phones, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and expect no temptation to pop up. But when temptation does pop up, us to be strong enough to resist it, that is a lack of wisdom, my friends. The average teenager in America before the pandemic spent seven hours a day on their phone seven hours average okay on their screens after the pandemic we bumped up the average two hours nine hours are we spending on average on our phones and let me tell you this right now i can guarantee the average american teenager That there is a direct correlation between what they watch with pornography and with the amount of usage, sheer usage on their phones that's trapped their minds into thinking, it's not that bad, I'll do good today. And then they spend nine hours on their phone and then they wonder, God, where are you? We spend nine hours on our phone, yet we don't spend five minutes in God's word and we ask the question, how can we stay pure, God? How can I know you more? The answer is in Psalms 119. If you guys have your Bibles, open to Psalms 119. Let's read this together. Give me a thumbs up when you guys are there. I know it'll take some time to get there. Psalms is a huge book, and it's about a little bit before halfway through your Bible. So, thumbs up, everybody there? Okay. I'm going to start, and you guys can catch up real quick. Um, Psalms 119, verse 1 says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless. I praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous rules, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Verse nine is where we'll spend most of our time. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Right there, how can a young man or young woman keep his or her way pure by guarding it Guarding it. (laughs) Guarding it according to your word. And I think the temptation for us is like just read your Bible and you'll be able to fight your sin. But I want to point your attention to the second part of John or of Psalms 10. It says, With my whole heart I seek you. Verse 10. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. With my whole heart. And so when we talk about purity, we're talking about two things. Wisdom and we're talking about the heart. And the problem that I have, and the problem that we have as believers, is that more often than than not, our heart is not anchored and our heart is not geared towards the Lord. How do we do this? How do we actually How does our heart transform into the desires, desiring the world, into desiring who God is? And let me tell you, the greatest weapon against your sin is your desires. And that might sound counterintuitive, but the truth is, is like, man, we are beings that were created to desire things, right? God has created us to worship and desire things. And the problem is that this world is run by the devil, it's run by the enemy, and it's used to get at our desires. Look at social media. Every time we 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 show interest in something, it seems like something one of those things pops up. And there's no coincidence that that happens. Why? Because they're marketing marketing plan is to actually get at our emotions and our desires as young people. And so when we want something, you best believe that it's going to show up in the world. It's going to show up and tempt us. So the question is not whether or not you're reading your Bible. That's important and it is absolutely important. And I never want to detract from the importance of spending time in God's word because we need it. But the question is, what do I desire? What do I desire? Where is my heart? In John 14 it says, The ones who love me are the ones who obey me. And those that obey me, I and the Father will manifest myself to them And so the question remains, how do we desire God more? We we desire it more by spending time in his word. We desire him more by spending more time with him. Can I just tell you, when I broke up with that girl when I was 21, I came up here, right, and I was still dating this girl, and I was a red coach, the lead counselor for winter camp. And as I was asked to lead these young men to go into the cabins and explain the word of God or point them to Christ, I had this guilt and knowing that, man, I'm still in this relationship that's not honoring the Lord. What do I do? So what I ended up doing is I, I drove straight home right after the weekend, the first weekend, and I broke up with her. And I, and I knew that that was a time where I was supposed to be obedient to God. And can I just tell you, after that moment, I actually experienced freedom. And, and I don't want you guys to understand, it's like, okay, I just need to break up with my girlfriend, therefore freedom. That's not the way it works, right? Or break up with my boyfriend, therefore Freedom. What I want you to understand is that when we actually obey God, when we read his word and the Holy Spirit convicts us of something in our life that we know we're not supposed to be there, and we spend time obeying him and saying, man, hey, you see where it says, thou shalt not commit adultery? Any intimacy out of marriage between a man and a woman is adultery, and you recognize that God is asking me not to do this. That not only does that sin separate me from God, separate me from my home, my 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 love, it separates me and alienates me naturally and physically. There was a weight that I had. I was sad. I struggled with my own self-esteem. I I had so many doubts about myself because of this relationship. And it affected my life in such a brutal way. And it sounds trivial. Oh, you're dating somebody. That's really cute. At the end of the day, man, we were falling into sexual sin. It was like I was dying. I was going up on stage, leading worship, coming back down, and falling into habits like I like. I didn't even. I, I like it wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just doing, and it felt like bondage, to be honest. It really did. So not only does sin separate us from God, but there's a natural consequence to our separation from God. And that consequence is clearly seen for those of you that are addicted to stuff. You can't break out, and you feel the weight of sin all around you. And you're miserable, and and you're, you're crying out to the Lord saying, God, help me. And the question I remains, man, who do you desire? You say that, and you hate the consequences, but hating the consequences is not enough because you feel guilty, feel ashamed, you hate those feelings, so therefore, man, I'm just gonna stop doing those things. That doesn't work. And we see it in the scriptures right here. It doesn't work to just hate the consequences. It doesn't work just to, just to beat yourself up. And oftentimes, uh, this is what happens in the church and Christians. We think that beating ourselves up and saying, How dare you do this, or um, or how could you how could you disappoint God or how could you do those things? That that's actually a way to freedom, right? And it just doesn't work. It's not the way that God God intended for us when we're fighting against our sin. God has given us a blueprint in his word to help us fight against sin. And guess what? Just feeling ashamed leading to sorrow isn't the actual thing that helps us. It's conviction where God convicts us of the sin saying hey, that right there not okay. We cannot be doing that. And then from there it's actually recognizing and being thankful for the way that God has worked in your life and saying, God, thank you for, for rescuing me from my sin. Thank you that you have saved me from my sin. And that I stand not condemned. Romans 7, Paul, very classic. It's a very famous passage of scripture where Paul's wrestling with his sin. And where, what, he, what does he say at the very end? He says, who can rescue me from this body of death? from the natural consequences of my sin and from the separation that I experience every time I do sin from God. Who can save me from these things? What's his direct response after that? He says, thanks be to God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has saved us. That's his response. Thank you, God, for saving me. And as a response to that, what are we to do? What are we to do? obey obey so when we fall into sin and when we're tempted what we need to remember is man thankfulness recognizing that our sin has been nailed to a cross recognizing that God has saved us from the penalty of our sin yeah we very much so can still experience separation from God even as believers why because that is the result of our sin And then when we obey God, we actually obey him and make the hard decisions. And when I talk about obedience, I'm not just saying reading your Bible and praying. I'm saying when you read your Bible and when you know how to obey him, you'll quickly find out that it's those hard decisions that are obedience to God. You'll quickly find out that actually I need to break up with this person because my walk with the Lord is more important. you actually find out I need to get rid of my iPhone because I am far too weak and I'm holding a fire close to my chest. I'm spending way too much time on my phone. And you'll actually find that as you do these things in obedience to God, you remain closer to him. It's no mystery why some of you guys, as you guys are removed from distractions, you're spending time in God's Word in the mornings, as you guys are walking around creation this week, as you guys are spending time with other brothers and sisters that believe in Jesus Christ. It's no mystery why you feel less tempted. It's no mystery why many of us feel less distracted, closer to the Lord. The desire to confess our sins, the desire to know God more. it's no mystery that that's happening. It's not something special about Hume Lake. What you're experience is not a camp high, you're experience an obedience high. And so when we obey God, there's actually fruit that results from our obedience. There's actually a tangible thing. And that is the presence of the Lord. When we reject our sin, and when we say, God, no, I desire you, and I desire to walk in your ways, and not only do I just want to read my Bible, I want to read my Bible because I want to know who you are. When I do those things, there's another consequence that's opposed to to the misery that sin caused. It's full satisfaction in Christ. It's fully knowing who he is and letting him feed you and, and allowing the pleasure to be spent with God to overrule the pleasure spent in the world. And it's recognizing, and this I've experienced this in my own life and I want m- more than anything for you guys to experience this. I've experienced true freedom and that freedom has actually led me God more and knowing God more, God has revealed Himself to me through His Word, and I get to enjoy my times in the mornings with Him so much more than my time spent on social media, which is filled with garbage. And then you, you start to, to compare yourself to other people and you start to, to, to play these mind games. And there's freedom found in His Word, John. Eight talks about it. If you abide in my word, Jesus is saying this, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. So oftentimes we talk about sexual purity, we talk about chastity, right? When we're talking about sexual purity, we focus on one thing, and that is chastity, which is any sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is forbidden. And We believe this, and it's in God's word. And if we have an issue with this, you have an issue with the word of God. Okay? Not an interpretation. We can interpret the word of God till we're blue in the face. At the end of the day, we have to approach the word of God humbly and say, not my will, but God's will be done. I don't, it's not my opinion that I'm sharing with you guys, it's God's word. And instead of going and finding interpretation that aligns with my worldview, I need to stop doing that and open God's word for what it is and say, God, if you're saying this, I better believe it because I profess you as my king. But more than that, I want you guys to know that God's way is better the reason that you wait till marriage to have sex is not just because I told you so. And it's not just because someone, pastor, told you so. It's because obeying God is better. And being close to God is better than being separated from him. And when we commit sins, and we do these things, there are just evident consequences in our lives separation alienation i've experienced it i'm an adulterer i committed constant sins outside of marriage and i'm now married and it sucks and i want so badly for you guys to see the mistakes that i've made and recognize that christ is better And that you have the ability to kill your sin as a believer. And the way that we do that is a cycle of not only obedience, but a cycle of pleasure. And I know that sounds weird. The truth is, is if you don't actually find God as your treasure, if you're not actually able to enjoy him, if you're not actually able to enjoy time in God's word, how can we actually fight the desires of this world? This world that is wanting so badly to reach you in your emotional state and the things that you want, your carnal desires and your flesh. It's trying to get at that very thing. The only way that we can actually fight it is in the same way desiring God. You guys have your Bibles, which you do. (laughs) Open up to Galatians 5. I'm going to end with this. Galatians 5, verse 16. This is an awesome verse, and it kind of helps outline what I'm talking about here. Give me a thumbs up when you're there. Awesome. Awesome you're turning, I'm going to read this real quick, Galatians 5, 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, okay, immediately, Paul is saying, will not, promise of scripture, he's saying, this will not happen if you do this other thing, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the Spirit. For these are opposed to each other. So we need to understand right away is that your flesh has desires and that your spirit has desires. And now if we're going to fight our sin, which one shall we walk by? Easy, the desires of the Spirit. And when we do that, It says we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Do you guys recognize that? That when you follow Jesus Christ, your spirit, the spirit of God has desires and he's placed those desires in you and some of you guys have recognized this as you've been singing to the Lord, as you've been worshiping him and your desire is to, to proclaim who he is and your desire is to be close to him and as you think about heaven, you're like, man, I get to be with God. If we walk in those desires and we say God is so much better, reminding ourselves of what scripture tells us, reminding ourselves of what the word of God says and saying God is so much greater than these things. Better is one day spent in your house than a thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your presence than anything else when we begin to walk in that reality, when we begin to spend time in God's word and his spirit reminds us of these things and he comes and he brings to mind of all these things that he said, we begin to change our worldview and we begin to see those things as undesirable. Man, I don't want to watch that anymore. That's garbage. The effects is garbage. The consequences are garbage. What are the consequences of me following the Lord? Joy, peace, Patience, self-control, walking in the spirit, living how I ought to live and the way that God has called me to live. And I I stop asking the question, how far is too far? I stop asking that question, why? Because I recognize that the idea isn't just to get as close to the line as possible. The idea is to flee from the line and go towards Christ because he is better. And that's the problem with purity culture is that, man, we put this emphasis on sex and this emphasis on these things and how it's so fulfilling And that we're just waiting for when we get married. And then when we get married and have sex, it's this most fulfilling thing in the world. And we forget that, man, that's just a byproduct. Marriage is so much more than that. And it's amazing when sex is actually created by God. And we're not actually supposed to just say, like, as a young man who has desires, as a woman who woman who has desires, that we're just going to shut those things off, because it, God gave us those, but in His order and in His design. You know, the problem with purity culture is that it puts this emphasis on sex. And so the question is, is like, man, how can I get as close to the line but still feel pleasure in my relationship, physical pleasure, but then not have sex? And so I'm going to make sure that I just don't cross that line, but I'm still going to live life to the fullest. And the truth is that that's, di- that's given us a disservice, recognizing in 2 Timothy 2.22, it's like, flee youthful desires get as far away from those things as possible why because we're far too weak you really think that as you approach the line you're not going to cross it happens every time and we know that and as a result there's consequences for our sin and so what does it mean for us to live a pure life it's not just not doing things It's not just backing away from the line. It's turning around and running to Christ. It's turning around and running to his presence and seeing him as better. Some of you guys have experienced temptation even up here. I wanna encourage you. You have the opportunity to fight your sin, to kill it, confess your sin, You cannot kill sin in the dark. Obey God. Walk in obedience to him. If he's calling you to break up with a girlfriend or boyfriend, do that. If you really got to ask yourself the question, man, I cannot live a holy life or a Christian life by still being in this relationship, then there's no other right response than to walk in obedience. And thirdly, find your greatest joy in Christ. We have no hope in fighting our sin unless we actually think God is worth it. It's the only life worth living. And now being able to to actually speak the things that I've experienced, let me tell you a firsthand experience that, man, it's not easy. I'm still tempted. We're not... Perfect, the moment we give our life to Christ. We have 360 days, not here, on the mountain, where we're berated by this. Temptation, worldviews, differencing, different opinions, all these different things. And so can I just tell you, one message up at Hume Lake is not gonna be enough to change your habits. What you need to do is ask yourself, what needs to change in my life? Because unless something actually changes, unless I actually make a change, whether that's deleting an app or whatever it might be, breaking up with somebody, whether I actually do these things, then you'll begin to see habits re- changed. But other than that, if you just go home and spec, man, you knowing this and understanding it, that's going to sustain you for the rest of the year, it won't. Every day, you need to be mindful of the schemes of the enemy. Every day, you need to remind yourself that there's going to be lies that are going to be told to you. And that you're going to believe things. And that, that, that Satan is going to try and tempt you. Every single day, it says we need to renew our mind. Renew our mind. Renew our mind. The way that we do that. God's word. God's word. And in prayer, let me pray for us and you guys can be free to leave. Heavenly Father, thankful for these young men and these young women. God, how do we keep our way pure? By guarding it according to your word. God, how can we truly know your word if, unless we spend time in it? And how can we truly be changed by your word unless we desire you, unless we love you, God, help us gain a greater love for you. Because if we love you, we obey you. God, I'm thankful for um, Rich and the way that he has communicated your word. And I pray that you'd be with us throughout this week. God, may we put our money where our mouths are. And change the things that we need to change in our lives so that we can live in obedience to you and experience you. And taste and see that the Lord is good. Not just trust it when other people say it, but actually experience it for ourselves. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.